full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. You're back on the bus with Rick and Johnny right here on the Short Bus Cinema. Episode number 10, folks. We're hitting a milestone here. And I can't think of a better movie or a better person to hang out with for this one. My partner, my co-host, the guy who drives the bus, Mr. Johnny Crew. What's up, brother? (laughs) What's up, man? Today's going to be a good one, dude. Double digits for one and uh, two, man. We're covering a movie that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, I'd never seen this one before, so this is going to be pretty fun, man. Uh, I really had no idea what was in store for me when Johnny said, Hey, I got a movie for us to do. Death Mask. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, it's one of those movies, too, that like um, I've seen a bunch, but it's really been a long time since I'd seen it before this episode. And... I went through a phase where I would pretty much watch anything that had Linnea Quigley's name on it. And that means I've seen a lot of movies that are cult classics, a lot of movies that are awesome, and then a lot of movies that just show up in the poo list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured that might be the draw of, of this movie, uh, for one thing. But uh, I was surprised at some of the other people in the movie as well. But uh, you can tell she didn't really put a lot of heart into, <laughs> into this one. But... Uh, it's interesting enough that it's going to be a very fun episode, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, she actually worked with this director um, on several projects, and I think this is one of the last ones she did before they kind of split, parted ways. And uh, this is probably a good send-off for yeah. her and this this director. I kind of get the vibe that you know this was not her favorite movie she made, so uh, you can just kind of feel it when you're watching it on the screen. <laughs> You want to take a quick break and then come back and uh, we'll get into Death Mask. We sure will. We'll be right back, folks, in just a second. Get out of the way! In a world gone mad. As you know, the Doomsday Clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which versus the Doomsday Clock is that 
Man Story. His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Side effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and blame from all artists. The producers accept our responsibility for any side effects, illness, or attempt range of mind cause. My bank guarantee is worth nothing. Zero, zero, zilch, nada, I roll, no sausage. In short, you get nothing. Nothing. Good day, sir. And now for our feature presentation. And we are back with Death Mask from 1998. The IMDb score for this is a 4.8, which is a lot higher than the last episode we covered, which was, uh, uh, wow, oh, <laughs> Fantastic Four. Wow, I, I can't believe I already forgot about that. But um, it's weird, though, because in quality, I mean, there's about a point and a half between, or, you know, like one point six or something between both movies the difference and it's kind of weird because uh that one is probably more quality oriented than this movie (laughs) uh this movie is written by james best who you all know from dukes of hazard uh he was in uh, um I didn't know he wrote this until just now, actually. It's kind of funny. I know he did some horror stuff. He wrote, I think he wrote uh, The Killer Shrews, and he starred in that. Um, and he's done a couple other things. But, man, the, the I wish I'd known that going into it that he wrote this, because it puts things in a whole different perspective now. <laughs> it really does. And the thing about him, too, is, of course, you know, we all know him as Roscoe Pico Train from, from Dukes of Hazard. But my favorite role that he was in he was in Rolling Thunder dude he was the bad guy in Rolling Thunder oh yeah so I haven't seen that movie in forever oh man that's one of my favorites man I mean it's it's a great great movie and he plays such a bad guy and I remember I was watching it one day at the house and, and my wife come through and she saw him being the bad guy she's like no that's just wrong he can't be the bad guy <laughs> and I was like he, he plays a baddie in this one so so yeah I mean he's got the chops I mean we know him as the goofy guy that talks to Flash, you know, his his, his dog, and but uh, yeah, it's kind of neat to see him play these other characters. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, he's, I mean, he's been in tons of stuff um, over the years. I mean, I didn't realize until we watched this that he passed away a couple years ago. I thought he was still alive. And this movie was uh, directed by Steve Latshaw, who he did another Linnea Quigley movie called Jack O, which I believe I covered on the very first episode of Career Nation back in the day. And uh, it's 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 a pretty decent movie. I would say it's maybe a little bit better than this one. It's, it's definitely it still has the uh, Linnea Quigley uh, gratuitous nudity and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, when when she's brought on board, it's not because of her, her acting chops. <laughs> it's got to be within almost every contract. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in this movie, it's like, what, 20 seconds in, and you get, you know, the shower scene. So, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, that's what you're here for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the movie, when this movie starts off, a woman gets bit by a snake in the face after running from one of, after she's running from one of the guys from Slipknot. He's chasing her through the woods. <laughs> But that's but see that that doesn't matter. That's completely unimportant because we get two very important boob scenes immediately. 
there you go, folks. I mean, sure, they're interspliced. <laughs> yeah. They're interspliced with carnage and stuff, but boobs still, <laughs> like immediately. I just wanted to say, I've even got it on my and, notes right here that this could be my favorite opening to a movie ever because you have no idea what's going on, and you pretty much described it. I mean, you get. You know, Leatherface chasing the sea hag while whimpering, and she looks in his eyes. Now she's in quicksand, and a rubber snake comes and bites her on the face. Then it just flashes to a Ferris wheel. <laughs> it it, it kind of sounds like this. Look into my eyes. Look at you, my eyes. He's almost got like a lisp going on there. Oh, and then right after that, like you said, you get Leanna in the bathtub, and then Ref Machio comes knocking on the door. <laughs> and she opens the door, and there's Ralph Macho with Rod Serling for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Well, and it's cool because she's she's kind of narrating this this thing. The movie, they, I don't want to give it enough credit to say that they kind of pull a Tarantino thing right here, where it's like they show you a lot of the end scene stuff, and then they take you into what led up to that. Right. But she's narrating this movie, and we find out her name's Angel. She's this uh, traveling carnival stripper who <laughs> didn't know that was a thing, but. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I guess, I guess when you're with the carnival, any job's up for grabs. But uh, she's she's in there in the dressing room with these two other skanks, and they're she's in there defending this guy named Wilbur, who we're seeing that he's got a disfigured face, and uh, and, and and she talks about how he comes from a long line of carnies, and and uh, she's pretty vague about it, but you know that his dad did this to him and everything, and these two women are. are peeking at him while he's trying to put on his makeup to where you can't see the burns and stuff and they're being so obnoxiously loud like look at that face like, can you believe that <laughs> like, yeah he's like, only like eight feet away from him you know <laughs> and, then, and then here of course um she, she goes to defend him and and then we get a stri- full-on stripper fight yeah what's well, up I've, I've got tons of bites here so i mean did i mention her her uh her enthusiasm for acting in this movie because it sounds kind of like this. <laughs> I first took the name Angel when I gave up stripping. thought it might mean a new start for me. I had dreams of running away to Hollywood, but I had to settle for shaking my tail on a carnival sideshow. But it wasn't that bad. Carnivals are a good place to hide for people who have been scarred by life. Folks like Wilbur Johnson. Man, come here. So that's the girls that are like looking at him and saying the stuff. But that dialogue is just, yeah, I'm a stripper and I work for a carnival. It's a good place to hang out. <laughs> it's like, man. <laughs> I thought I'd leave that life and move to Hollywood, <laughs> partner. She's almost got like a, a John Wayne kind of draw going on. But I ended up having to shake a tail feather at the old at the old carnival. Oh, and then you get to. <laughs> You get the, uh, the the girl fight, like you said, which is pretty priceless because it's uh, it's really bad. She my what? See where your daddy burned your face off. Just shut the hell up, you two idiots. Don't tell me to shut up. You'll sure as hell shut up when I knock your damn teeth out. Oh, yeah, you and whose army? Wait, I, I, I never thought I'd have pretty girls fighting over me. It's just an argument. We'll settle it later, right, Don? Damn right we will. 
I'll get even with you, bitch. You just wait. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, you're gonna wake up with a crowd around you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just calm down. Here. Just calm down. I'm calm. I'm calm. I just gotta get something to eat. This fight makes me hungry. Well, if uh, you're ripped. She's a... This fighting makes me hungry. Right. <laughs> You're gonna wake up. Oh, with a I crowd do. I do love you. that. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite line. You're gonna wake up with a crowd around you. It's like she's a used to be a stripper or a prostitute. I'm pretty sure that's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I totally agree with James Best as well. Uh, Wilbur in this scene where he says, "I never thought pretty ladies would be fighting over me." Nah, no one did. No one thought that ever. <laughs> James Best. <laughs> So right after this, we get to meet the one white dude on the entire planet named Guido, who, who runs. He, he runs this whole crap show of a carnival that's going on. And you know what's funny is they keep saying it's a traveling carnival, but it seems like they know every local in the area and that they're regulars at all the places to where you think the carnival doesn't travel too much. Well, yeah, they even go to a bar where everybody knows each other too. So it's just like they're just doing a carnival yeah. every week at the same place. That's all they're doing. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. Oh, it's great, man. <laughs> and then you get well, the scene where it, it shows one of the carnival acts, and you got Jerry Garcia in the cage. <laughs> He's over there eating the head off a chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... Uh that was too much. He's, he's basically the geek of the of the uh, sideshow. And can you explain to me what actually happens to him? Does his chest explode? Who knows, man? He's he's, eat, he's eating the head off of a chicken, and uh, then he just dies, and like he like spits up blood and <laughs> falls out in the crowd, and everybody's running, screaming, and stuff. And you know, uh, that's it. He's dead. It's it's yeah. It's very. They don't really give any other explanation except that the palm reader comes up and said, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, by the way, I actually uh, wrote in my notes somewhere later about that psychic lady. Everybody around needs to stop going to her in this movie because all she draws is the death card nonstop. <laughs> it's like she must not have any other cards. It's just that one card over and over. <laughs> Uh, and it just so happens that, that that card's got the juggler who's walking around the carnival the entire movie. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilbur keeps seeing this guy all over the place. And, and you do find out later that, uh, which it's very weird to me, because you find out later that that's supposed to be his dad. Right. But but uh, he mentions a couple times in the movie about, oh, yeah, the new clown. Like, we didn't hire a new clown. Did you not recognize that being your dad, dude? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's wearing the same stuff your dad wore when you was a kid. I think you would recognize that. So, but then uh, a little bit. Then it, it cuts to like Wilbur. He's like working one of the sideshows, whatever. <laughs> These two critics come up to him. Oh, this <laughs> is great, dude. It's like it's like Pee Wee Herman and Jeff Daniels start heckling him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's got some great lines. I've got a, a bite of that as well, right here. One of those, huh? What is that supposed to mean? I really don't care what you critics think. I don't think you'd know art if you fell over it. You're fake. Your death masks are fake. And everything in this godforsaken carnival is a fake. <laughs> Why don't the two of you just move it on down the midway before I get angry because you don't want that. Well, get as mad as you want, freak face. We're not afraid of a fake. That's telling him, Harry. He can just kiss our royal asses. <laughs> love <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it too because he, he's 
he gets right after this is whenever Guido comes up to him and starts giving him crap about you know losing the only two customers he has that day. So so Wilbur starts asking if he can borrow one of the girls from the the Muscle Man show. Right. Yeah. I, if I had some action over here with one of the ladies, then maybe I'd get some crowd over here. Oh, and that whole scene, man. Too. I've got I got a. There's a bite in that that just cracks me up every time, man. And so here's Guido talking to to Wilbur. Means is that your your daddy said I could have a job here as long as I lived. Yeah. Well, my daddy ain't alive. And I'll tell you something about my daddy, Wilbur. He was a sentimental old fool and a loser. And I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to be something. You're already something, Guido. (laughs) I'm going to be something. I run a carnival. (laughs) (laughs) My dad was a loser because he ran a carnival. But I'm going to be somebody, but I run a carnival. Okay. He's not even he's not even a respectable guy who runs a carnival. He's like the sleaziest of the sleaze. I love this too because they get that whole conversation about uh, about the the skull that's sitting in a jar on top of his little attraction. Yeah. And uh, they go back and forth about how it's it's uh, Wilbur keeps telling him it's real and he's like, well, it's just creeping me out. And then finally, after Wilbur says it's real about three or four times, he tells him, "No, oh, I want to go and get rid of it." <laughs> And it's like, aren't they looking for authenticity if they're telling his masks are fake? It's amazing that this this skull that's in the jar ends up being such a big deal in the movie too. So it's just it's such a <laughs> weird thing, man. It's like, hey, okay, okay, I buy it. Sure, go ahead. That that skull in a jar is gonna get somebody bit in the face by a snake later. <laughs> Mark my words. <laughs> Somebody's going to be very sorry that they didn't help him out. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) So basically after this, uh, he ends up firing Wilbur, who's been, like I said, he's been seeing the Juggalo everywhere. And he tells tells Wilbur, you know, I don't, we heard it, you know, my daddy no longer runs this. And uh, so Wilbur's down on his luck. So Angel takes him, (laughs) she takes him to go see the Swamp Lady, which... It seems to take them a whole day because they they leave it like morning light and they don't get there till like absolutely like pitch black outside. Yeah, uh, again, because I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, that's what you do. I mean, you just you take him to go see the swamp lady because that's that's just what you do. Well, we also hear we also hear though here, uh, and I think it's in, a, in another narration that Angel's mom was a gypsy and that's right. how she knew this woman. Right. It's like what the what the heck? Yeah, it's a friend of her mom's, <laughs> some voodoo chick. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they get there and that's the amazing thing about this because he, he gets he gets carried away with talking to her about what his goal in life is because he he makes these masks, and, 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 hence the name death mask. Uh, that you know they're just wooden masks. I mean it's not a big deal, but everybody keeps talking about how ugly they are and they're crap. So he goes and talks to this voodoo lady and he's like you know I just want to make something in the world that's beautiful and I'm like you're making wooden masks dude <laughs> it's not going to be that big of an impact fella Does he, he keeps talking about his legacy right <laughs> he, he's talking to the voodoo lady who's real dark and scary trying to be like the witch that's on pumpkin head and he'll sit there and she's talking like this and yes <laughs> And all this, and she gives the backstory about her mom was a witch and was burned to stake and all this stuff. Anyways, it turns out the head that's in the jar, her grandmama. <laughs> there you go. So she's willing to work out a deal. I will make a deal with you that you'll be the most incredible artist 
if you'll bring me the the head of my grandma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fair trade. But uh but yeah, dude makes a a deal with the devil, if you want to say that, to be the best wood mask carver in the world. <laughs> it's so preposterous, but it's it's great at the same time because it's like this dude, I mean, he he doesn't really it, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, please him. Right, cuz if I was going to sell my soul you know, I'd make it worthwhile. I mean, I would be like, you know, okay, I'm going to have the nicest house, the nicest things, and take care of my family. No, man, I want to make wooden masks. <laughs> well, he still has to He still has to not only sell his soul, but she also gives him a block of wood from that hanging tree. Right. And, and so he has to make the mask himself. It's not even like he's given us, like, special mask or anything. It's like she don't go zippity-doo and she makes a mask for him. And he still has to go home and carve this thing out. And so he's walking through the woods this <laughs> this this big uh, piece of wood and uh, yeah you get uh, this dialogue well I guess you're just gonna have to forfeit your soul then I'm not gonna forfeit anything that's just an expression anyway you forfeit you give up the soul anyway for an old piece of charred wood what well, what's the matter <laughs> you're just that it felt there for a second like this moved in my hand <laughs> stop it Wilbur you are scaring the hell out of me now just stop lying <laughs> his wood moved in his hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's normally what happens when you're around Leander Quigley <laughs> well is it right after this that, uh, that they, we get this whole geriatric date night scene where <laughs> Well, actually, there's something I wanted to bring up first, and when it shows the flashback of her grandma being burned at the stake, accused of being a witch, uh, yeah, it'll be back in the day when ladies were carrying flat nose shovels as weapons to get together with the the not-so-redneck rednecks and a Chinese guy to burn a witch. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but, uh, but Guido is... Linnea Quigley's boyfriend, or what, something like yeah, that in this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he's a real sleazeball. She ends up agreeing to have dinner with uh, Wilbur, and it takes forever because I don't know if he's like messing with the mask or with the wood or whatever. And But they end up just ordering a pizza, and he goes to her place. And it's just – the whole thing's really weird because – she seems like she's leading him on and she's being real flirty with him, but then she's like, are you staring at my chest? Yeah, right. <laughs> the way she says it, and he's like, well, uh, I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a beautiful woman. And then, and then it's funny because it's like almost comical how she's like, they start talking about uh, Guido and he's and uh, Wilbur says, well, he doesn't treat you right. She's like, well, he treats me. Uh, she, he doesn't treat me half bad. And he's like, well, he doesn't, you know, you need somebody who's going to treat you, you know, good or whatever and she's oh you know he at least he's faithful and then it like just cuts to the, the, the guido and this right. other random girl <laughs> getting down in his trailer one thing i liked about the scene was Lene quigley's character angel comes up to the door and there's just music blasting in this trailer um you can you can audibly hear two people talking at a pretty loud tone of voice um, pretty loud volume, and Lene quickly is like, "What's going on in there?" And then the girl in the front of the the, the he makes the girl leave, and the girls shouting things at him. Yeah. And when they get outside, he's barely saying anything 
it's really funny. Oh, she she goes inside because right. the girl had just left. So whenever she goes inside, Wilbur walks by and he hears their conversation that is almost at a whisper outside the, <laughs> the same RV. I mean, they're they're talking almost like completely like it's it's just almost inaudible. And Wilbur must have had his bell tone turned extra high that day <laughs> because Linnea or Linnea Quigley didn't have hers in because I don't know how she missed hearing that woman yelling at her right. boyfriend in the truck. Yeah. Because that's when Angel tells him, hey, if you fire him, then I'm leaving too. If you fire Wilbur, I'm, I'm taking off too. So he he gives Wilbur a new job to replace Jerry Garcia as the chicken <laughs> head eater guy. Uh, the geek. <laughs> the geek. <laughs> <laughs> this is when he finishes the mask, right? Like the next day? Yeah, this, the next day is when he gets all freaky and he says, he, he comes in there and she, she's like, got her head laid down on his desk for some reason. She's like asleep, taking a nap on his desktop or he's got his mask laying there or a piece of wood that he's working on. And you get this great line. Garbage. They call my stuff garbage. I'll show them garbage. Wilbur, what the hell are you doing? You could have killed me with that damn old axe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) He sends her off, right? Yeah, yeah, because he wants to to get back to working on on his on his uh, mask, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love this scene right here because, like, when she goes in again, the same girl Dawn is leaving her boyfriend's trailer, and she's got a strap missing from her, her shirt and everything. Right. Yeah, and it's like Lene Quigley's just not picking it up. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they wrote a particularly smart character for her in this movie. <laughs> That's where uh, the girl stops by, and they, and they stop by the, to see the mask that he's working on. He's, like, fine-tuning it. He's been working on it for three or four days. And, you know, they go, let's see what it looks like. And he holds it up. It looks like something a third grader would have made. It looks terrible. <laughs> and they just keep going on and on about how beautiful it is. And and that's when you kind of get the things start happening, man. He puts the mask up to his face. And when he does, the other chick sees it and... It, it, I've got it. It says Wilbur puts on the mask and scares Hooker number two, <laughs> and possibly yeah. the coolest scene of the movie, I guess, is when she takes off running. Love it, <laughs> dude! It, it is. It is. It's my favorite part of the entire movie. She freaks out. Don freaks out. Starts running around the the, the carnival just like an idiot, until <laughs> until she runs beneath a, a running ride that swoops down and knocks her head clean off her shoulders. Right. <laughs> and it, it, it knocks it across like the 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 fairground, and there's a little kid over there going cool. And the mom's like, "Don't look at that." <laughs> He's eating cotton candy, and the blood splattered all over his cotton candy. He's like, "Cool." <laughs> oh man oh man so this upsets wilbur and he decides to go back to talk to yoko ono out in the woods <laughs> <laughs> and something weird happens here man because she went from being all creepy and talking like this to this voice yes a cruel unmerciful death <laughs> the mask reeks of the evil power of vengeance and it must be destroyed. No, you're not. You're not going to destroy that. That's that's mine. I I made that. I won't destroy it. Do as you will. 
<laughs> it's like, <laughs> what happened here, man? So, so yeah, he, he's ordered to, oh yeah, that voice is just completely different. It's, it's not as ominous or anything. It's just, she turned it into almost like Mama from Mama's house. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> So they're they're trying to kind of stall this woman. I don't know why. Uh, Angel says that he needs to lie to her about the 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 preserved head because, um, <laughs> well, because I don't know if it's right before the scene or I think it's right before that scene that uh, Guido smashes it right, like just throws yeah. the jar across the room, and and so it's kind of confusing to me. I don't know if it had to be in that same jar in that same liquid, but it seemed like they could have just put it in another jar and handed sure. it to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, just the, the fluid logically. in there was just a preservative, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean... That's what, it, that's what it seemed like. <laughs> but then you get the scene here where Wilbur goes to uh, the, 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 the whorehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love this scene because it's the scene where all the hookers play a game of one, two, three, not it when he walks in the room. <laughs> Like they are literally, I mean, they're they're one second away from just diving out windows to get away from Wilbur. You see him going over to the the clock out, the timeout machine. You know, they're, they're clicking off the job so they don't have to be with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, because uh, and that's the thing about a, it. They, they keep going on about hideous, how hideous his face is. I'm like, it's not that bad. I mean. <laughs> It'd be different if an eyeball it, it's not was that bad. out of his head, or you know, it's like, like Toxie. Yeah. But, uh, well, the thing is, though, that the, I guess the girl that he wants, Louise, they they mentioned that the last time he was there with her, that because uh, he puts that like prosthetic stuff on his face, right. and I guess he, he got so worked up that like the prosthetics came off. And, <laughs> right. And, and what she what did she say? She said she's like she was shit and scared for a week. <laughs> I was like, I never heard that. I never heard that phrase. <laughs> I didn't catch that one. I should have got was, it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, though. it was. Yeah, yeah. They, they were pretty and funny, I, man. That that whole scene is just great. Everything about it. <laughs> oh yeah. So they make him leave. The bouncer, man. The bouncer's a real jerk. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He, gets he ends up making them leave, <laughs> and then it cuts to a scene where the the, the prostitute he's interested in is is uh, you got Charles Nelson Riley paying her for you know, <laughs> a job well done, and he's leaving, and uh, for some reason, and you kind of get these flashes, like you said at the beginning of the movie, that kind of show you everything that's going to happen, but for some reason, out of I don't know why, but there's like a samurai ninja statue standing in her bedroom, holding a With sword. The- with a sword that's pointed straight outward, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> because that's what you need when you're a prostitute. I mean, I guess that's your... I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wilbur knocks on the door, comes in, puts the mask on, scares her. She goes back, and then she's impaled on the samurai sword that uh, Ninja Samurai's holding. And... Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot in this this scene right here. There's a lot of the um, and it, it, it's said I think about twice, maybe three times. And by the second or third time, I was like, all right, the dad joke's done. Where he keeps saying that I have I have something uh, something special to show you and all this stuff. Right. And she's she's like, I've seen your special something. And then he he says something like, oh, I need to show you my my pride and joy. She's like, I've seen your pride and joy, Wilbur. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, we got it, guys. We, yeah, I, I need understand. to show you my death mask. <laughs> We've seen your death mask, Will. <laughs> we don't need oh. to practice, Randy. <laughs> right after this this girl dies, uh, of course they all run into the room. You know, after they finally get it open and they find her impaled on this the samurai, and they automatically assume it's murder, but 
I mean, the way that thing was stood up in the corner with the sword out, I mean, it could have been an accident. Charles Nelson Riley could have accidentally tripped her into it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next day, uh, Wilbur's at home, and he's he's got a little bit of the, the blood on his face. Um, and I guess it's because the mask is kind of like tearing away at his real face. Right. But uh, we see that he has a nightmare where it does establish that his he wanted to be a clown like his dad, and he ended up getting a uh, uh, his dad's like, oh, you want to be a clown? <laughs> Shove his face into a stove because that's how I guess that's like that's, I guess that's a cheaper clown college. That's that's a clown initiation, man. Every clown has to go through it. <laughs> they jump you. They jump you in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, they hit you with the rubber bat over the head. Then they put you in the little midget car, and then they take you out and burn your face on the stove. That's just standard procedure. <laughs> oh man! Well, right after this though is that bar scene, and and we we probably we probably should mention that in almost the second, in almost all this like third act of the movie, every time you see Wolver, he's like in a black hoodie with the hood wrapped tight like the Unabomber. <laughs> he's running around like, <laughs> like Eminem. <laughs> he is. You think he's gonna like freestyle and do like a rap battle against uh, Guido? Right. Oh, it's killer. <laughs> so. Yeah, he goes into this. He goes into this bar, and uh, the whole thing is just really awkward. It's, it's even more awkward because Guido's taunting him the whole time, and the bartender's keeps warning him that we're gonna throw you out, we're gonna throw you out. But he still lets him taunt him for a good five minutes yeah. before he finally does throw him out. Yeah, I mean, he, and, and the things he's saying, man, I've got it wrote here that just the insults he's yelling is like junior high, you know, things you would say. We just. Get rid of you, ugly man! You're you're so ugly, man! You're just ugly, man! It's like, ooh, nice burn! And the bartender goes, "I done told you, Guido, you can't talk that way in here." Well, you're you're just ugly, man! And you you're in your ugly face, yeah! I done told you, Guido, you can't talk that way in here. It's just like, who come up with this scene because it's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, after after Guido leaves, we get we get uh, another moment that always oh. catches catches me off guard in this movie. My favorite, is the, my favorite well, part I, is it is it is it the part where he says, "You want to see a geek?" <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. But when he walks outside, and there's just the guy that's outside making fun of him. That guy the, the bit the fat guy in the truck cracks me up, man. <laughs> God. Because it's he throws he throws the mask on and blows the guy to pieces. Well, the thing is, is you can tell the guy in the truck is not saying the things you're hearing. It's a total overdub. But he's saying this is oh, yes. this is what he's saying. Ooh, it's Waffle Boy! Hey, Waffle Face! <laughs> hey, Sideshow Freak! You want a piece of this? Come on! Got some feathers in your teeth, huh? Hey, look, it's Waffle Boy. Who'd <laughs> <laughs> you, Waffle Face? <laughs> and like you said, you know, Wilbur puts on the mask, and instead of blowing up like the truck with the guy sitting, he blows up the bed of the truck. Did you, did you notice that? Yeah, it's just like it's, a giant fire in the back of it. Yeah, I mean, just, just the, you know, it's in the back of the truck. It's like, well, I don't mind you setting my truck on fire. Just don't set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the thing is, is it's the super redneck guy that's waving his cowboy hat, saying this stuff, and he's in a little bitty small Mitsubishi truck, which just that's that's just comical as it is right there. <laughs> and then we get a shot where we just established that uh, Guido likes feet. 
<laughs> oh man, that could have gone on a lot less. Like that, that could have been shorter. Right. So he's got this uh, girl in his room, and uh, yeah, he's just going to town, man. She's enjoying it, I guess. You know, <laughs> with the feet. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, and uh, meanwhile, when things get hot and heavy, you have she had a she actually had the, the nicest house in this movie of everybody there because I mean everybody else was you know not in houses. <laughs> I did not expect you to say she had the nicest house. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. But okay, yeah, she did. She had a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the reason I say that's because they they have like one of those like skylight kind of roof uh, like like window things where uh, and and she she keeps seeing <laughs> Wilbur up there. Yeah. At first, Guido doesn't see it, and then the second time, uh, Wilbur makes no attempt to, to hide or anything. That's so right. they, so she grabs her gun out of the nightstand, and <laughs> this scene was weird to me because he he puts on the mask and she points the gun at Guido and and shoots him. But then when she goes to put the gun to herself, he's like, he's like, no, don't do it. Take off the mask. He's like, he's like, hey, so <laughs> w- was he just going to ruin her life by making her murder him and then let, let her go to prison? Like, yeah, what was the end? What was the end game here, dude? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And that's the thing about it, too, is, I mean, of course, like, like, like we were going to get any kind of continuity with this movie. But, you know, you put on the mask and just weird things happen there there's nothing in common in any of these you may get bit in the face with a rubber snake you, you may have your mitsubishi truck blow up or you may just pull out a gun and shoot yourself in the head i mean who knows or a get killed by a ninja samurai statue that's the beauty of this film <laughs> yeah or or uh then you could go back to the swamp lady and uh and and this is the the snake bite to the face we saw at the beginning because she like spits in his face because he can't he can't get the mask off, and so he's like, oh, you just spit in my face. <laughs> well, I hope you like snakes to the eye. <laughs> right. And when he goes there too, he ends up because he can't get the mask off and he's like bleeding stuff, so he puts a sack on his head. So he kind of looks like Jason from you know Friday Thirteenth Part Two and a clan member kind of mixed. You know, <laughs> it's just weird. You know. And she is weird. She even makes a comment saying, "Why are you wearing that? Why are you wearing a pillowcase on your head?" <laughs> <laughs> and through it all, she still wants her grandma's head. You know, uh, that's the weird thing. You brought me my head yet? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I have a feeling at that point she was she was uh, focusing on the wrong the wrong. Her priorities weren't in the best place. <laughs> right. But yeah, this is where you get kind of the wraparound, right? So you you had all this beginning. Like I said, was one of the coolest endings because it made absolutely no sense. But the end of this movie is actually the beginning. So you kind of get to see how all this plays out. And uh, so, you know, she gets bit in the face by the snake. And then it goes right back to the shower scene again. It's almost like the movie just started over. (laughs) So... Not Except only, for the shower scene is a little bit longer in this in this scene. I was about to say, but you know, uh, yeah, you get the shower scene twice in this movie. You know, thank you, director. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, we have we we don't have Linnea. We only have her for like a couple more hours. We think we can squeeze in another shower scene, make it a little bit longer. Yeah, and so just like before, she gets out of the shower. Ralph Macchio, Rod Serling's there looking for Wilbur. And, <laughs> you say uh, Rod Serling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so you get the whole beginning again and, and you know like I said then extra shower scene then the cops show up 
and uh, she goes out in the woods and just finds Wilbur laying out in the woods for some reason. I don't know why. Well, it seems like they they split off. It, the cops are like, yeah, let's go get the let's let's go get the dog, the canine unit, and they just leave and sh- they leave her there by herself. Yeah. Where they know that there was somebody, because they said they they got reports that somebody was in a white mask bleeding out of the face at this church, <laughs> and like, well, they're not here now. That looks like blood. Let's go get the dog and leave her leave her here. That's pretty descriptive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they uh, they leave her there, and of course she goes and she she sees him off. And at, at which point did you get any of this dialogue? Uh, no, I guess. <laughs> It's it's because he says something at the end that I meant to write down and I totally forgot. But he says something about um, yeah, he says something like I'm 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 going away, I'm going up there, and, and they said I could finally have my rainbow back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I do remember that. Yeah, because it's like he must just be talking out of his head or something because it doesn't make any sense. But you kind of get this heartfelt moment, but he's just saying all these crazy stuff, you know. <laughs> And oh, then no, when he, th- then when yeah, he, he says he says about grabbing the rainbow because I remember thinking the Skittles tasted the rainbow. <laughs> and I love it right when he dies, for no reason a gong sounds. <laughs> it's like it goes uh, in here, like you know Roger Taylor back there from Queen go. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then when it fades the up, you see the camera paint up, uh, pan up, and then you see start Sergeant Kabuki Man standing there. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the the ending to this movie was a little bit too, a little bit too over dramatic for the movie they set up. <laughs> when you have somebody calling someone Waffle Boy, and, and then ten minutes later you have him saying, "If I was younger and I didn't have a burned up face, would you love me?" And I'm like, "Come on, this is a little too heavy for me right now, James." No, that's all you needed was another. Who is Waffle Boy? Hey, Waffle Face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of these. Montarino! You're gonna die! <laughs> oh, man. I love that. <laughs> I love the samples, that the audio of some of these movies, man. So, I mean, some of them are just, they, they, they give you gold where you don't expect it. Exactly. I may have to keep Waffle Face. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Man, but that, that is, that's the entire movie. And in fact, the credits are kind of long. The movie only runs like 86 minutes, and I think the credits are like six of those minutes. Right. Yeah. So it's it's like, well, really only an hour. Well, if you factor in the fact that they reused the beginning at the end, you <laughs> it's probably you just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing they did not do in this movie that has been a big part of movies trying to pad their time on the show is there were there was no slow motion there really wasn't i was thinking about that too you do get a pretty cool give them that burning skull on a stick scene there for a little bit where the credits come up and i thought okay all right we're, we're hitting a little something here and uh, <laughs> that was kind of it but yeah no slow-mo whatsoever i appreciated that because it feels like that's the go-to in most of these movies right did you did you learn any good lessons from a bad movie uh, just never join a, join a sideshow or don't become a wooden mask artist. <laughs> it's not. Well, at least have a backup. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I learned that from now on, I'll, I'll never watch Jim Carrey's The Mask the same way again. <laughs> no, because you, you're going to realize that Wilbur made, it, made that death mask for him. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> I, would, I would I would appeal to hear James Best give at least just one smoking. <laughs> you know what was, was really funny is uh, one thing that I, I a good lesson I learned from this is don't overreact or your, or your chest will explode and you will you know you will die in the middle of your geekery because that's what they say they're like what happened and someone's like oh he overreacted well, overreacted oh no no they say no and I'm sorry they said he overacted not overreacted overacted overacted <laughs> and I'm like. So I guess him thrashing around the cage and, and all that stuff, I guess, just led to his ultimate demise. Uh, another thing, too, is don't ever hang out with uh, palm readers because they always know it's going to happen, whatever it is. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. She, well, yeah, as soon as he dies, she's like, I told you. I oh, called yeah. it, guys. Yep. Knew it was going to happen. Like I said earlier, I love every scene that she's in. She's like, here, let me do a reading. And the first card's always death. I'm like, she, <laughs> is it just a stack of death cards? <laughs> Maybe she's the one killing people the whole time. We just don't know it. Oh, man. Speaking of her, man, I have her a little bit later in my notes. But uh, um, the, the other good lesson I learned is, is you can't knock on a tent flap. Because <laughs> Wilbur, Wilbur yells at Angel for not knocking. She's like, well, I can't knock on a tent flap. <laughs> Which it sounds like a euphemism also. Knock? How am I supposed to knock on a tent flap, you old termite? I'll just be a minute. Wilbur, I've seen your face with and without that silly mask, and I like your real face better. How can you say that? Everybody that looks at her wants to throw up. Even the dogs here in the carnival, they, they're afraid of me. What about cats? Are cats afraid of you? Not this kitten. Meow, meow! Did she call him an old termite? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't think I've ever heard termite used as an insult, but you termite. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he does he does work, uh, you know, specifically with wood. That may be the why they threw that in there, I guess. So, yeah, that's some creative writing right there. And, and it, yeah, I'm sure James Best was like waiting all. He was just waiting for that scene. He's like, I gotta get the guy works with wood. What can we say? Uh, you old badger. No badgers don't work with wood. Uh, <laughs> Uh, woodchuck. You could have went with that. <laughs> How would you upgrade this movie? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I would. I would. I would suggest they add more tilty hairdos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, speak, speaking of that woman, <laughs> I would want more of the critics, man. Those guys crack. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> they were so not and more Guido uh, sl- uh, slanders that he gives at the bar <laughs> and your shoes are ugly too man <laughs> <laughs> where'd you get that at the jerk store <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it's like it was just like I done told you Guido you can't talk that way in here <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk like a like a sixth grader <laughs> <laughs> oh man so um what about uh what were they thinking man i I only have one for this movie uh why you put jerry garcia in a box (laughs) (laughs) for me it was the uh it was the heavy-handedness of the angel and wilbur love story it was like it it just seemed like it was so forced like james best was like you know what i'm gonna write a script and i'm gonna put a really hot chick in as my love interest (laughs) even though i'm 98 yeah, that that is kind of freaky, I guess, man. Uh, I do know one thing though. If we if we make a sequel to this movie, I know what we call it. We'll call it "Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Grandma." 
<laughs> oh man, I, it's yeah. This is this movie. It, it's uh, it's definitely something I think people need to see. It's not something I would like. I wouldn't actively recommend this to somebody, but it's something that if they had the chance just to see some of the stuff we talked about, you know, with the uh, the waffle face, the waffle boy, and the and the, the bar the bar taunting, and just the the two critics. I mean, some of the stuff was just it, it, it was gold. Some of it, I mean, okay. it, it wasn't it wasn't the same kind of gold as like my Torino and stuff like that, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, I I didn't. I didn't hate it. I mean, it, it, it kind of moved on, and it, it kind of got to a spot there where you kind of went, oh, okay, we can do without all the, the romance stuff, kind of like what you are talking about, because it's totally, utterly pointless. So, but, uh, you know, it, it's okay. You know? It's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, where would you sit this on, on the bus, man? Again, probably probably close to the middle, man. It, it's, it's not terrible it's not great uh i think the acting is the roughest part of this movie i mean the script's not much very very low budget but really if anything the acting hurts it worse than anything else <laughs> oh yeah especially some of the uh, the other uh carnival girls so when they're talking there's the the banter and some of the the comeback lines and stuff are just a little bit they just felt really forced like when like when i was saying when guido's making that girl leave his rv you know she her, her dialogue just felt so forced and it was just like oh you shouldn't have even given her a line just made her get out of the truck right <laughs> but um i was i would set this i would set this in the middle of the truck uh, the middle of the bus i i think it's like you like you said uh it's not the greatest thing ever, but it's also it's not uh, Battlefield Earth. It's not no, not by any know. means. Uh-uh. I mean, it, it's, like I could I could watch this again. Sure, and I have watched this a couple times. Yeah, this is one that you can actually pull out and just say, "Hey, you got to see this part," you know. Whereas Battlefield Earth, there's just nothing you want to show anybody <laughs> except maybe you burning the movie in front of them or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would go see like Battlefield Earth the musical though if they could bring back Forrest Whitaker and John Travolta. Do you want lunch? <laughs> <laughs> How come they're always eating rats? <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh... <laughs> but no, I'm. I'm uh, this was a, this was a fun one to talk about, man. I. I... It's movies like this that I just you don't hear a lot of people talk about very often that I think yeah. are just uh, just yeah they're pretty fun to talk about yeah I mean, just, I'd never even heard of it so uh, you know I, I'm I'm kind of digging to get into to all these movies that you know I haven't seen and just to, just to say that wow this really does exist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, I mean, that, like, that's the thing. Is like that's why I was so shocked when I saw that James Best had written this because there's, I mean, there's some pretty harsh dialogue in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't. It's, it's hard to believe, you know, uh, the sheriff from Dukes of Hazard was behind this. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play some promos we like, and we'll be right back after that. Get out of the way! Hello? Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? 
Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary, I liked it. Most episodes they look at two different horror movies. Each episode they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. You can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? And we are back. We just talked about Death Mask, and you heard some promos for some great shows. Uh, also, check out Legion Podcasts. They're the they're the podcasting network that we are on, and they're awesome. Yeah, a lot of great, a lot of great shows on there. Um, make sure to check us out. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Make sure to like it. Uh, join in in the discussion. I mean, there like I said, there are tons of movies that we're making lists. We're checking them twice, and we're. <laughs> most likely gonna find another battlefield earth eventually oh yeah but uh it's been a it's been a fun ride so far the bus is the bus is just just getting started and i think we're gonna i don't know i think it's i think we're gonna end up having a lot of fun conversations oh yeah and the fun thing about it too is getting you folks involved i mean so many of the shows already have been recommendations from listeners and we want to keep that going too so you know we want to stretch out and do a couple other things as we go along just kind of balance it out and we're talking about even maybe doing some movies that maybe are not bad stuff that we actually like just to throw those in there from time to time so uh, but if yeah if you've got some ideas of man you don't know what bad is you need to see this movie let us know because we want to see it oh yeah yeah because that's the thing is i think we've seen a lot of things being suggested and and some of them i've never even heard of but just looking at the poster i'm like that looks pretty wicked (laughs) like i would love to see where that movie takes me the roller coaster (laughs) so yeah i'm I'm excited for that i think it's uh, we have a lot of cool stuff and and i eventually would like to do commentaries for some of the some of the movies that we cover too yeah that'd be a lot of fun for sure yeah so, you, I tell Definitely. you what, we can we can actually put a poll out there and just kind of see which one they'd want us to start with. You know, who knows? That might be something fun. But yeah, we'll we'll do some commentaries pretty soon. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Ooh, it's Waffle Boy. Hey, Waffle Face. <laughs> What's funny is he sounds like Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> he really does from UHF, man. Ooh, it's Waffle Boy. Hey, Waffle Face. It's a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, man. That's great oh, stuff. That's great, man. Welcome to <laughs> Raul's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't order no badgers. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to teach poodles how to fly. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. Such a great movie. Yeah. So that's going to be the problem. Because we'll, we'll start referencing stuff we do like. And then we'll be like, yeah, just forget the crappy stuff. Let's talk about UHF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's easy to get sidetracked on stuff like this, especially uh, I think some of these movies, it, it's been a lot harder or not harder. It's been a lot easier to get sidetracked just because, you know, when you're talking about uh, <laughs> we're talking about a two hour movie where uh, nothing happens like Battlefield Earth. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just I'm going to ride that movie to death, dude. That movie is just it's it's on my crap list, man. And, I'm with and you, man. it's just not in a good way. It's just time we'll <laughs> never get back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that being said, we've taken up enough of your time. 
But uh, like we said, if you want to leave us some comments and, and just get involved with us, make sure you do that. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to sign off here, and we'll see you guys next time. Adios. Peace. Peace.